Welcome to the Abuan Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, and Umm Khair. This is your host Istahil, hailing from Edmonton, the city of the frozen, and home of the Oilers. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, and it's a new episode. Welcome to episode 7 of the Abuan Chronicles. Today we'll be doing an episode on jinn. Do they exist? This is Istahil with Umal Khair and Hafsa. This episode contains sensitive subject matter. If you or anyone you know is recovering from trauma, please be warned. This episode is meant to inform, educate, and entertain. Okay guys, so it all comes down to... I hear somebody's voice. What the hell is It's Hoya's voice. Hoya's on the phone. No, I'm hearing. So who said good morning on the line? That was, that was so creepy. That was Omar Khair. I didn't say good morning. What? <laughs> One of you guys said good morning. One of you guys actually said it. Wallahi, someone said it. Good morning. Wallahi, I didn't say good morning. <laughs> you guys, you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to die? Who well, was joking? Wallahi, I'm gonna slap them Wallahi, through the screen. I didn't say good morning. <laughs> Is that him? Okay. How was that you? Wallahi, la di was a view. Wallahi. Ya rahim rahimin. I see was a navi. What do you mean? Is that him? I literally heard somebody say good morning. I did. Wallahi, la di I did. Mukhair was you. You're such an ass. I swear to God. I swear to God, it wasn't me. I took it. Wallahi, I can't keep these earphones in. If you guys don't stop this nonsense. All right, so guys, in the ultimate battle of ghost versus jinn, who wins? Um, jinn, because, okay, ghosts, I just don't believe that once you die, you come back alive. I don't think there's second chances in life. Like, once you're dead, you're dead. But I do believe that you have your soul and your soul leaves your physical body. But I don't think it comes back to earth because there's no way that you have a second chance in life it just does not happen it's not realistic to me yeah but like you have to keep in mind that we're like we're basing this off of our religion right so yeah based off of islam we believe that like people don't come back to life but some people yeah they truly believe that once you die sometimes there's a pathway for for people that die to come back to this life and haunt or look over you know the people that they've known in this life so that's their explanation for it, right? But for us, yeah, we don't believe that. We believe that jinns are jinns are explanation to the supernatural things that happen in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot of things you actually cannot explain. Like you could be as logical as you want, but there's certain things where you're just like, okay, this is out of my depth. And yeah, we we all have limited knowledge and we only know so much. But come on, now some things that we're, we're probably going to talk about it in this episode a couple of things but there's some things that just cannot be explained by logic at this point yeah but you know what's really interesting jinns actually answer a lot of questions for us because in the end of the day we can chalk down almost supernatural quote-unquote supernatural occurrences on jinn like when you hear people talking about spirits and ghosts and poltergeists and all this stuff right 
we can just be like simply Jin, you know? That's the answer. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah, and we were told we were told certain characteristics about them that fit the bill. You know, it's not like we're just saying, Oh hey, you have a possession, then that's definitely it. No, it's cause these were what we were told. Like these are the signs that we look for. It's not like random. True. Okay, so since we're talking about this from like an Islamic point of view, what proof in Islam do we have that jinns actually exist? We know jinn actually exist because they are mentioned in the Qur'an and Sunnah numerous times. They are a race created before mankind and are made of fire. Allah says in the Qur'an, Indeed, we created man from dried clay of black smooth mud, and we created the jinn before that from the smokeless flame of fire. The Prophet ﷺ said, The angels were created from light and the jinn from smokeless fire. They live in a parallel universe called Alimul Ghaib, or the realm of the unseen, where they are able to see us, but we cannot see them. And just like mankind, jinn may follow religion. There are Muslims and non-Muslims among them. Allah says, I did not create the jinn and mankind except to worship me. We know the Prophet ﷺ was a messenger for both man and jinn. And there is a whole surah dedicated to them in the Quran called Surah Al-Jinn, where it says, Say, O Muhammad, it has been revealed to me that a group of jinn listened and said, Indeed, we have heard marvelous Qur'an. It guides onto righteousness, so we have believed in it. And we will never make partners with our Lord. Just like us, jinns worship, eat, marry, have children. And just like us, they will die and be judged on the day of resurrection. When it's mentioned the types of jinns, it's mentioned that some of them fly, they have superior power than humans. Yeah, and some of them, like, they're found in different forms, right? Like, they're not, some of them fly, mm-hmm. you said, like, with wings. Some of them take the form of different animals, such as dogs and snakes. Like, I know that when, when we were growing up, you guys remember how, like, our parents would tell us to stay away from black dogs because they were, mm-hmm. like, apparently <laughs> they're shaitan or they're jinns. Is there any truth to that, though? I mean, we know some of them take forms of whatever animals or whatever, but is there any truth to, um, you know, black dogs are this or that? I, I don't think so, guys. Specifically black dogs? So when it comes to black dogs being evil or being quote-unquote the devil, it seems to all come down to a sahih Muslim hadith where a sahaba, Abdullah ibn al-Samit, said, Abu Dhar told him that Allah's messenger, peace and blessings be upon him, said, when one of you stands in prayer, what definitely constitutes a barrier for him is an object placed in front of him of the same height as the back of a camel saddle. If it is not in front of him and of the same height as the back of a camel saddle, then some stray donkey or some woman passing or some black dog will cut off his prayer. Then Abdullah asked, O oh Abu Dhar, what is it that makes a black dog different from a yellow or a red dog? And Abu Dhar replied, Oh dear cousin, I asked Allah's messenger the same question, and he said the black dog is a devil. Now when it comes to the legal rulings of this hadith and its meanings, focusing specifically on the part about the black dog and the devil issue, is that, first of all, there are narrations that don't call it a jet black dog. Some mention it as a dog that bites indiscriminately. And most scholars and ulama refer to this as a rabid dog, or a dog that is wild-looking and looks dangerous and has potential for distracting you and causing harm. So it's not that necessarily a black dog is a devil or evil, it's that a rabid dog or a dangerous dog can hurt you or distract you.
Okay, so when we talk about where they live, like the places they live on the human plane, they live mostly in places that are in ruins, so and unclean places that people don't actually frequent that much, like bathrooms and garbage dumps and graveyards. And I feel like this is the reason why in Islam, like we have so much atkar when you're going to the graveyard and you're told to say when you're going by garbage and before you walk in and walk out, when you walk into the washroom, you say a dua and when you're leaving the washroom, you say a dua and you're told not to speak in the washroom because these are their dwelling places is actually where they live um so it's pretty important for me especially i'm like such a scaredy cat well the first du'as i've ever learned as a child was were these du'as like i knew these by the age of 10 i could tell you this by heart yeah do you guys do you guys remember when we were kids how we used to be super scared to go into the washroom because did you ever hear the story about how like you might step on the baby of a jinn and then if you stepped on their babies they would <laughs> They would enter, their mom would enter you because you'd kill them, right? Do you guys remember the story? Oh my. That's so dramatic. That sounds like something I heard as an adult. If I heard that as a child, I would be scared to walk. I'm telling you, I heard that as a child. We've heard that. Yeah, and we used to be so scared. That's just kids telling each other stories. No, no, it was... Wow, you guys... Back then it was facts. Like, we would read the dua because we don't want to step on a jinn's baby. Like, we're just like, we don't want to... Whoever told you this has no heart. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. (laughs) <laughs> they're evil incarnate like why would you tell this to a kid yo nightmares oh upon nightmares it was bad no when i was a child i we used to have stories like you know like bloody mary in the washroom and like the boogeyman and stuff and for me i was already first of all okay i think disclaimer i am i was the biggest was of a child <laughs> i'm not joking okay dark spaces um, under the bed closets like don't don't add me with any of those places you'll never find me near those areas but basically and people used to take advantage of that and tell me all the stories mm. but I really hated the washroom I did, never believed that Bloody Mary would find me but at the same time the idea that someone could live in a washroom and you know you close a door yeah. and you just the mirror everything is just very creepy about the washroom in general like and I cannot be the only one who thinks that if you stare at the washroom too long something's gonna and the mirror no. too long something's gonna stare right back no, at you 100%. Like, I can't be the only no, 100%, one. 100%. I agree with you. To the point where if you stay in the if you stay in the mirror for too long, sometimes your own reflection scares you. I don't know what you're talking about. Forget about something <laughs> popping up at you. You get scared of your oh own God. face. <laughs> like I was like, what if my face starts changing shape Wallahi. at this point? How will I deal with it? How will I deal with it? You guys oh. never actually. Did you guys actually ever do bloody mirror? Yes. You know. Yeah. We used to do I that in school. Too. Yeah. We would turn off the lights Funny in the enough, washrooms, get... yeah. and then we would turn on mm-hmm. all the 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 taps the the. the the taps and the water would be running and we'd say Bloody Mary three times and just run out it's the scariest thing Wallahi. it was our pastime especially like Ramadan nights in the mosque we would do that mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> which is kind of counter it's counterintuitive because it's Ramadan they're all locked up right so like <laughs> yeah. there's no jinns out nothing would happen <laughs> That's no so what are you talking about there's no jinns out there's no there's shaitans, no shaitans oh, no. out which yeah. is what yeah, there's jinns, but there's no shaitan, which are the evil. Wait, which are evil jinns, right? You wait, wait, wait. You're mixing up jinn and shaitan. Shaitan yeah. is just anything that's evil. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Jinns are hum are just like human beings. There's good, there's bad. It doesn't mean that they're evil. Exactly. They're just another race. You get it? So like, if there's jinn walking around, it doesn't mean that they're not gonna do anything bad to you. It doesn't mean that they're locked up in Ramadan. Yeah. They're not shaitan. The same it's way that jinn could be shaitan, people could be shaitan. So too, an evil jinn, you exactly. could just label them as a shaitan. Why not? 
Yeah. Like, that's what I'm coming evil at. humans are also shit on. Yeah, there's so, humans like, that are shit on. Yeah, normal, the same way, but the same way that, like, a human being could do, like, a crime, like, murder or rape or whatever. They're shit They're shit on. That, that doesn't mean that they're... But you could label them as a shit on. No, they're people committing sin. No, you could, they're, they're also, you can if they're... Listen, you don't know exactly how evil they are. You don't know if they're shaitan or not. If they killed a yeah. human, they're shaitan. <laughs> Depends on your your intention, exactly. right? Depends on your intention. Yeah, but point is, okay, you can't label every single person who ever killed a person as a shaitan. That's true. Okay, shaitan has specific traits and characteristics. Their responsibility yeah. <laughs> is basically to misguide people. Yo, are we not doing this to jid too, though? Are we labeling all bad ones a shaitan? <laughs> Like, I'm That's pretty sure I'm there's some that repents, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're just like human beings. There's yeah. good ones. There's bad ones. And the same one that there's... You guys are thinking as shaitan is some invisible being. There's human beings who go around and try to make people do evil. That's they're true. They're shaitan, just like, just like the jinn shaitans that you're imagining right now. That's yeah. exactly it, yeah. Anyways, but you know what's so creepy about the whole Bloody Mary situation that you guys are going... That were whispering in the bathroom and stuff like that? Jinns actually have powers, yo. So... They could move stuff. They can, and we know that they could like travel super quick, and we know this from you know the story of Prophet Suleiman mm-hmm. when he tried to bring the throne to the Queen of Egypt, uh, Yemen, sorry, and he got like um, a jinn to do it for for him. Was his name not Ifrit? Yeah, it was Ifrit. You know what's so funny about that? Like <laughs> an Ifrit. They call, have you guys heard of Ifrits? They're like a specific type of um, spirit or jinn that's in like um they're they're based out of deserts in arabia so i guess that's where it came from the name probably the yeah that folktale right cool. yeah it's actually the thing is like bloody mary i don't know why we were reckless as kids because you know we were kids kids are also very sensitive to like you know jinns and stuff so it's like why would we why we did we ever think that was a good idea like we were just reckless children oh okay, we weren't thinking i honestly never wanted to do it but i was always that kid that was forced into it like <laughs> really you're not gonna do it we're all doing it. are you gonna stand here yeah, by yourself you were no. that annoying child that like almost ruined our plans <laughs> I was that no, but I was too quiet. I was too quiet to speak up, and I'll I'll think to myself, "Do I want to stand outside while everyone else is doing this?" No, I'm not going to be a target. We're all going to die together. So, okay. So, what do you guys think about other mythical creatures from folktale? Do you think they're actually gen? I think it depends on the creature that that we're talking about. Like, for example, Bigfoot, hundred percent not a gen. Bigfoot doesn't even exist. Yeah. Bigfoot doesn't even exist. You don't think he exists? No, I don't know. Maybe. No, like know. I watched, Bigfoot I listened to that exist. episode from Science Versus, you know, Science Versus, the one where they were talking about. Yeah, I did. And like they actually carried out, so they found, they had pieces of like evidence of Bigfoot, for example, hairs or whatever, footprints, and they sent mm-hmm. them to scientific labs and they tested, they ran tests on these samples and they found that. All of the hair samples, for example, were either from like horses, bears, different types of animals. And then the footprints, they weren't really like consistent. So it just doesn't make any sense. Like scientifically, they proved it wrong. Um, I don't think so that they proved wrong. I think more it's inconclusive. Okay, first of all, it's not like our technology is that sophisticated where we actually mapped out the whole world. Like I don't really think that's possible. And I think that what if we're just undermining their intelligence? What if they're actually way more intelligent and they live in caves or underground and they have a system that we don't know about? Just because something is not human doesn't mean it's dumber than us. No, my that's thing is my thing is if you're carrying out a you know like a genetic test on a piece of a strand of hair that you say came from bigfoot and it turns out to be a perfect match 
like you have enough samples so like you're you're sure you're definitively sure that this sample came from a horse then it's a horse it's not bigfoot so like unless yeah. bigfoot has no, the ability about that but unless bigfoot no and I, this is based off of no this is based off of people um collecting proper samples and saying this is from bigfoot itself Sis, if you're going off exactly of, people yeah no if you're going people. yeah which is wrong but like in general yeah maybe a creature can exist i don't know if it would be bigfoot because these people their their results just make First no of all, sense what they're coming up that's with, true evidence i i get what you listen okay i get what you mean by the results and the evidence but these are people saying hey i'm claiming this hair is this these are they could be lying they could be doing it for popularity they could be doing it for anything or bigfoot could be smarter than them and leaving you know dna just to well, leave that's a trail when it gets super humans that's when it okay. gets super complicated where like <laughs> he's like trying to mislead yeah. them and he's leaving pieces he's of horse us? hair here and there but yeah Deadass, what if this is their 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 method for being unseen for this long is just messing with us it could be it. but do we that's believe but do we anyway. believe us do we believe that there is something other than jinns that could exist like islamically do we believe that something other than a jinn exists on this planet okay but one minute when you say when you say bigfoot what does bigfoot have to do with being a jinn like he's supposed to be if if bigfoot exists or not that's like an animal or whatever that has nothing to do with actual jinn we're talking about things here like fairies we're, tr- or we're trying to tie mythical like mythical creatures like from folk tales like bigfoot yeah, is a mythical. folk tale right like the whole concept of fo- of bigfoot it's a folktale, along with like the Loch Ness monster, all of that. Those are all folktales, right? I was trying to say Bigfoot is definitely not a jinn, you know. Like if it did, if it did exist, I don't think he does, or I don't know if there's multiple of them or if there's only one. I don't know, but I don't think he does exist. But if he did, definitely not a jinn. Doesn't fall under the jinn category because yeah. we wouldn't even be able to see him if he was, right? Debatable, but yeah, you're right. For now, that's what we think. Anyway, that's our opinion on that matter. But uh, when you ask the question, do you think there's other beings other than jinn? Um, I think there are because there's so much unseen that we, there's so many creatures that we don't know about. And it's mentioned that Elahi mentioned that, oh, there's humankind, there's jinn, and then there's so many other things that we don't know about. So that is, you know, we're just going to have to know that our knowledge is finite. That's about it. But... Moving on, I guess, to mythical creatures that we do think are jinn. I think, like, familiars from, like, Irish folktales are actually jinn because they assist magicians in casting curses. They come in the form of animals, like we mentioned. They can appear and disappear at will, okay? And then they can enter places where humans cannot without being seen. And also, don't they, th- th- these are familiars, like, you know, the, the creature, the animal, that witches carry around, like, usually it's a black cat or a bat or what else do, I'm just trying to think of all the familiars they use in Harry Potter, <laughs> an owl. That's interesting. I never even knew about these, these creatures. What are they called? Familiars? Familiaris? Yeah. Wait, do you not read witch books or watch witch movies? All witches have familiars. Like, if you're a respectable witch, mm-hmm. you have a familiar. <laughs> and I'd also lump into their um, fairies and changelings because they basically do the same-ish. Like, they're casting spells, stealing kids, you know, possessing stuff. Like, that's just them, you know? So I would yeah. also categorize fairies, changelings, anything that changes appearance and stuff as gin. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was listening to, I don't know if you guys listen to Lore, but that's an amazing podcast. Just shouting out. But they there's this episode on these uh, Icelandic and uh, folk, folk tale from Iceland about these people called Holdafolk. 
Okay, and these are, they're like known as the hidden people or invisible elves. And honestly, listening to the whole episode, I was just like, yo, like this is jit, like this is the definition of jit. So basically, what they, he mentioned was like, oh, they are invisible beings. Okay, um, exhibit B, they could be communicated with certain people. So only certain people can speak to them. So there's this lady that said um, that she had this power where she could speak to them in their language and they would only show themselves to her. And I feel like, wow, this is like, you know, pretty strong evidence. Um, and they have like homes and churches and basically that there are a different civilization living in Iceland apart from the humans. So in Iceland, they take this really seriously, like uh, to the point where they were about to build a bridge and then everything would go wrong with the construction. This one time the car would break down, one time something would happen to the road itself, you know? And so they're like, yo, what's going on? So they got one of these people that, you know, they claim that they speak to the whole the folk. And then this person was like, oh, they have a church here and they don't want you guys building here, so you need to move. And they legit picked up and chose another site for this million dollar, billion dollar um, construction um project it was mad but i just felt like yo to me this speaks of jinn yeah it's, it was very creepy but also very interesting because for them they don't see it as like a bad thing for them it's like oh it's fact um in 2017 they did a poll on how many people actually believed it and it was um, the majority believed that they were real what do you think about people like up and leaving their lives when they feel like like a jinn is haunting them for example like you just told us a story a bit ago about how this guy was saying his house apparently was like was manifested by jinns or you know shaitan or whatever you want to call it and he moved his whole family to another country just to try to you know stay away from this jinn and to avoid this jinn you know inhabiting his life as he should but like does that really does should. but the thing is you just mentioned before about how jinn can travel within you know they travel quickly he could easily this jinn that's like haunting his life could easily travel to wherever he wanted to go this is a true story. It happened to a friend of a friend of mine. So the story was this guy lived in Sharjah, right? The UAE. And then he moved to Egypt. He moved his whole family to Egypt because uh, a jinn was haunting his house in Sharjah, right? Mm-hmm. If jinns can travel like faster than the speed of light, can this jinn just travel to Sharjah, to uh, Egypt and continue to haunt his family? Like, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It can. But in this case, but in this case, wasn't the jinn just possessing the home like it was in the place and that and they came into the jinn space and they basically encroached on his territory? No. No, so the jinn no. No, the thing is the jinn can easily the jinn can jinns can manifest many things. Like they can enter human, they can enter objects, they can enter whatever. Is there such thing as a jinn actually possessing a human being? A human being actually being possessed by a jinn? It does exist. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he affirms this in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, describing the people who engage in usury and riba and interest, that they would stand on the day of judgment just like the one who is, who is possessed and who's overtaken and being beaten on the inside and so on and so forth by the shayateen. So a person who's possessed by the jinn. By Allah saying that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again is acknowledging that there are some people that can actually be possessed by the jinn. And in a way, uh, all of us have to deal with al-qareen as we said. We all have to deal with the one that's constantly whispering in us. And in a way, we're all possessed to an extent. Because the Prophet says, Inna shaytana yajri min ibn adama majra dam, That shaytan flows through the blood of the son of Adam 
the way that or flows through his veins, the way that blood flows through his veins. Meaning, you, you're always dealing with this to an extent. However, again, you, you, you're keeping it under control by keeping your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, doing the things that bring about protection in your life, and so on and so forth. Islamically, what do people do? We were given um, ways to combat this. Number one is that when you move to a new house, you read Surah Baqarah three nights, and your house should be safe. So if you do that, 100% you're going to be fine, okay? And also, number two is reading your adhkar in the morning and the night. That gives you protection 24 hours a day. A woman who basically, for some reason or another, um, was going to be, uh, what do you call it, a victim of a magician and this person wanted to sihir her for a reason obviously and so they went to all the magicians in the city and they couldn't find each one of them failed and they couldn't find one to do the job and so everyone the the final magician suggested oh, hey how about you go to that guy he's very very strong and he's very he has a lot of power the person goes to um this magician this great magician and then he asks him hey can you um get that lady for me and he sends an army of jinns so he has like just imagine three levels of jinns like you have strong stronger strongest and so he sends the first um wave and they come back and they fail then he sends the second wave and they fail and he sends the third wave and they fail and he's like what is up with this lady so he asks the jinn what what is wrong and then they mention oh every night she reads the whole complete surah baqarah and there's not an opening in her house there's no way to enter her house like not a crack at all so this lady she was protected because she was so vigilant in reading her baqarah you know and so i believe like I was mentioning before, that it could be one of two reasons. So the first reason would be personally, so you could take care of it by being vigilant in your recitations and believing that no one's stronger than Ilahi, right? And the second one that's a bit harder is if you are a, a victim of sihr. And that's kind of hard because when it comes to sihr, they assign it to an object away from you. So it could be something in your house. It could be something, you know, in another area it could you have to destroy that object before you're freed yeah no that's where it gets a little difficult because there are so many stories about how people dig up you know pieces of hairs and strands of like uh papers with quran written in uh, written on it and like you know braided it into like a piece of your hair that they stole from you and then they bury it like under some random tree like you you'd never be able to find it unless the person came the person that did the magic on you you know came up and said oh yeah like okay i want to break this i want you know they, they let you know about it and then you find it and you burn it or whatever i've heard so many horror stories one of the ones that creeped me out was oh they're like oh they put it in the mouth of a dead person because oh you bury the dead person whoever's mm. gonna dig up that person <sighs> or they put it in the ocean or they throw it in the ocean and like how are you gonna ever, you how will are you never ever find it find that? no like how evil do yeah. you have to be to to be able to do that just to throw it in the ocean and know that this person will forever have sihir on them you know that's very crazy. very evil. That's why that's why you have to do next level things to become a magician. Like next level. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like you said goodbye to your akhirah. Like you, that's it. Mm-hmm. After you die, whatever sorry excuse of a life you live, mm-hmm. you are done for. That's mm-hmm. it. Game over. Do you know what this reminds me of? Like people that sell their soul for um for fame in this life. Like celebrities mm. and whatnot. Like the whole concept of Yo, Illuminati this, and whatnot, I feel like that has everything to do with making a deal with, with you know, the devil, with the shaitan. The devil. And, you know, giving yeah. your life to them and then knowing that in the hereafter, yeah. you're, you know, you're done. That's it. Yeah, this short life that you live. And in the, the fact of the matter is, even when you're a celebrity, the life that you live, 
although on the outside, you know, superficially looks like a perfect life, right? But the more the most depressed people are these people that are super famous, right? At the end of the day. So yeah. did you really give up your akhirah just for you to live this have a picture, have an image of you living the perfect life only to be living like a depressed, you know, in a depressed state? It's crazy. That's it's crazy because you know we can imagine like that that's the thing though that's the reason why we can't imagine paradise or heaven or the promises that's promised to us because as human beings we only build on what we experience mm-hmm. so if you experience the best day of your life that's going to be your that's going to be your uh, scale like mm-hmm. to you the best day in your life that's going to be the best of all things mm-hmm. so you can't imagine anything beyond that mm-hmm. so if you take your own happiness or your own amazing into your own hands and literally make a deal with the devil how amazing of a life could you actually picture for yourself probably just be a famous star like mm-hmm. really that's the extent of amazing that you could imagine mm-hmm. do you understand mm-hmm. that's why i find it like i find it hilarious because it's like okay if i was saying i'm gonna live my life here and not go- do anything for the akhirah, it's like the best life i could live for myself is not the best that the reality of the best you know okay so we know that okay jinn can physically harm like they, they can possibly physically harm you and magic has a lot to do with the powers of jinn being used by human beings and all that but and we talked we touched a little bit upon um jinn's possessing people but a lot of people are skeptical about that a lot of people are like okay islamically speaking um jinns exist they live in certain places yada 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 but what's the proof that jinn can actually possess people? Because we see a lot of people using this as an excuse for things, right? People, for instance, that have mental health issues or whatever back home in Somalia or here, they go on, okay, that person, okay, that person's possessed by jinn. That person, they're acting erratically because they're also possessed and they use it as, as a crutch. And you have a lot of people being skeptical, like, do jinns really possess people, though? Like, that's the question to answer. Okay, also, I want to add my two cents, right? Um, I think it's one of those things for the layman, for the regular person who does not have that much knowledge. It's those kind of things that you have to experience. And I would wish it upon no one. Okay, <laughs> I don't think anyone, honestly, I would, if I could erase my experiences, I would totally do it. Because sometimes ignorance is bliss. Okay, <laughs> um, So yeah, there's that. Why don't you tell us about like yeah. one of your experiences that you had with someone who was possessed? For some reason in my life, I don't know why I'm always in a situation where I have to I'm exposed to it. So one of the biggest things that happened in my life was like basically when we moved to Dubai, um, my mom used to uh, in our house we used to have people that came from Somalia. We'd have people that came from all over. It was like an open house, so people would always come to our house and it would rotate. And some of them were relatives, some of them were not. It just depends on the person's situation and whether they wanted to stay with us or not, right? And so there's this one girl who had a pretty dark story. Um, so I'm not gonna go into detail because that's her privacy. But one of the things that happened was when she came to live with us within a week. Uh, within a week we found out that that she she had like regular possessions and the craziest thing that it had a specific trigger and her trigger was that if she got angry that night she would get possessed and we didn't know about it because she never told us i'm serious oh my god you guys i was like at that time (laughs) you look so scary i I don't know why you're laughing i don't know why you're laughing this was traumatized what the hell i would like i wouldn't get her mad like never get her mad 
we never knew until that moment so what happened was this day um my sisters know about it this this we all know about this This is like a big a milestone in our lives um so basically she was we, i was like 10 years old and she was in she her and one of the girls other girls that were in our house they fought and it was over a dumb thing but it's like okay we fought whatever let's get over it but homegirl just went really quiet right and so she stopped talking to everyone and we're just like okay we've never seen her angry maybe this is just how she is when she's angry because some people stop talking when they're angry right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she gets like this crazy look in her eye and we're all in different parts of the house right and then we just hear someone scream in the living room right Mm. and we're like what the hell's going on and we all run to the living room and we're like you could imagine six of us all like 10 and below right and then these adults are all there and then where someone was like oh my god she ran down the stairs and what's her name the other girl let's just call them um pick two random Asha <laughs> like mm. Asha Mariam so Asha's the one that gets that gets possessed and Mariam is the one that made her angry and then you see, they're like oh Mariam ran after Aisha and then she goes and she runs downstairs and she catches her right before she's about to cross the street like she grabs her right before she's about to cross the street this happened in a span of two minutes we live on the ninth floor okay and then when she brings her back she's like this girl's like completely possessed she's like losing her mind and she's so the signs of a person that's possessed is like they're stronger than they were okay and some people talk some people don't but this moment this girl's not talking it's like she's choking right and then a lot of things happen and then she became better right and so she told us that when she was going downstairs she took the stairs five at a time like legit and oh she's so God. short like i'm not telling me she took she's the like, stairs she, she took the stairs she didn't even take the elevator and she got down in a minute this all uh, in a know? minute she's like she took the stairs five at a time and this the other girl mariam is like way taller than aisha right and so she's like i was in awe like how is she moving this fast and jumping without getting hurt like how is this happening you guys will understand after that she stayed with us for a good six years and crazier things happened every time no one would get her angry first of all we avoided that like crazy if she wanted something we'd just give it to her it just got I would madder and madder and madder for, i would live in constant fear for six years that's so scary Yo, but the thing is the thing is we were i was like 10 right and when I was 10 years old, like, I was learning the world, right? So it's, like, everything that you experience at that time becomes the, the norm. norm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, wallahi, like, another story that happened to her that legit blew my mind, that solidified it for me, was that, okay, homegirl couldn't speak Arabic. Like, she was... She had a... Oh, what's it called? When, you know, like, four words of, of Arabic, that's it, right? Yeah. And so, basically, what happened was this one day, she got possessed, okay, another day, a random day, and then she started speaking fluent Khaliji Arabic fluent so the jinn was Arabic you guys that's so scary that is so scary fluent do you understand fluent like you can't even fake that she could not fake that to save her life I'm not lying wallahi she couldn't fake it to save her life fluent Arabic and then this person was like oh my name is Fatima Fatima I live in your washroom the green one we had a green one and a black one she's like I live in the green I live in the green washroom um, with my family we do this we do that and they're like okay so why are you in her and they're like oh no there's other people living here but we just come in you know like we just want to take advantage did it and I just after that day you guys can imagine how much I hated the watch <laughs> no but Michael I thought she had wait you still used to yeah obviously what am I gonna do but I it's thought she she got the gin from Somalia but she got it from your you guys' house like the gin lived no, in that No, she house? got it from... Yo, it was a very, very long story because we didn't know what was wrong with her, right? Yeah. And then so she... We used to go to Abu Dhabi to put 
Quran on her deras and the sheikh would give her like tahleel you know like habit soda and honey and water and zamzam water and everything she tried everything you guys anything and everything she could have tried she tried and then she went to Somalia and then they did, they did like a seven day purging they purged her for seven days and then in the end of the seven days it finally broke down and it said um years ago when she was a kid she has a very I told you she has a very dark story mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna go into that but years ago when she was a kid some lady put sihar on her because she was jealous years ago Mm-mm. when she was like a teen and so she's like he's like the the gym was like i've been here since that time but i've been accumulating other like i've been because it's like a portal like an open door and so other people just you know come but that's just like the story yo, i lived through it sounds like an episode it sounds like an episode of supernatural yo this is a story i lived through okay there's other stories some people told me but this is one i i experienced my own self yeah, I know that's scary. Oh my god, that is so scary. But you know, listen, the seven day the seven day purge you're talking about, what does that consist of? Because you hear about okay, because something that really ticks me off is the whole beating somebody when you think that they're possessed. No, no, that's it wasn't so that. Stuff. You just it wasn't that. They, what they did was, yeah, it's ruqya, and also on top of that, it depends on the sheikh's iman, right? So you have to have a very persist, persistent sheikh that won't give up. Like you know, you have to have a sheikh that is committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that too. Mm-hmm. Like they can sense if the sheikh is not committed to the cause, or if like his iman is a bit weak, or something like that. And then mm-hmm. they know he'll give up soon, so they just stay in the person. But if the person is persistent, yeah, it helps a lot. If the yeah. sheikh is persistent, then eventually they'll see there's no way out, and they'll get tired. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what scared yeah. me the most? Like for me it wasn't like possession. It wasn't any of that. Any of the aspects it wasn't like the fact that oh it exists. None of that scared me. What scared me the most was that every time she woke up, first of all she was out of commission for a a good day. Like she she's like, I'm too heavy, I can't move, I feel like I've been stomped over, you know, she would say that. Mm-hmm. And then she'd be like, I don't remember anything beyond when I got angry. And I'm just like, imagine lose, losing that much chunk of time. Mm. Like to me, that's like the ultimate. That's that's the biggest fear. Do you know what makes me mad? Like, when people say, because yeah. I personally knew, knew someone, and this person, I mean, they're a Muslim, right? And they believe, they genuinely believe that it's impossible. Like, the whole possession thing doesn't exist. It's people acting up. They're like, oh, it's just people acting up. They do it for attention, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, you don't believe that the person can be possessed by a jinn. Can you at least consider the fact that maybe, okay, they have a mental illness. Let's say they have a mental illness. They're like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. at the end of the day, when people do all of these things, it's because they want attention. So, like, when I hear these kind That's of stories, ignorant. It's, it is ignorant. And the fact so of the matter saying, is, so, so this person is saying, so this person is saying that there's no mental illness, there's no jinn. They're, they're doing they're, it for attention. Fake. Everything, it's, it's for attention. Wow. Yeah. That's what they're saying. And it's douchey. sad. It's, douchey. it's douchey and it's sad because you have all of the information. You know what I mean? Like, you're raised... To, to know, okay, there's jinns, they do this, they do that, they have the ability to do this. People that don't have this information, I understand if they say, okay, we don't believe in this, we don't believe in supernatural, blah, blah, blah. But when you have all the tools and all the information, and and yet you still choose to say, oh, um, it's someone acting up, you know, they're doing it because they don't, you know, they don't have any attention, and no one's giving them attention, so they're like, let me just, you know, do this, let me act up so people could, you know, like, uh, pay more attention yeah. to me. And, like, the person, I'm like, okay, what about these people that, you know, when you're possessed, you don't have control over yourself. So sometimes, like, when they're reading mm-hmm. Quran on you or when they're doing whatever, or when you're possessed in general, you'll, like, it's, yeah. you know, like, you'll 
pee on yourself or you know you'll do yeah. things that like compromises your yeah. dignity so i'm like what about that are you yeah. saying they're doing that because they want attention she's like yeah they want attention and i'm like oh. there's people that genuinely uh, think this way it's crazy you know i don't even entertain people like that because that's ignorance i see it as straight up ignorant like a you're either ignorant of the fact that um this could happen possession could happen or be you're ignorant of the fact that people can be mentally ill even if they're doing it out of attention it could be a mental illness okay exactly. or see you have zero empathy you can't put yourself in other people's shoes and the only solution for a person like that is if they end up experiencing it or experiencing no, it or that's why i was a bit surprised experience that's the thing that's what i was a bit surprised because like in this scenario the person is from like an, like we're in an arab country right so one way or another, I'm pretty sure you came into contact with either someone who's seen someone that's possessed or you've seen someone who's possessed yourself. And even after you heard about it firsthand or seen it yourself, you're still choosing to say, oh, yeah, no, they're just showing off, blah, blah, blah you know. So it's, I think, like you said, it's probably a lack of empathy, like lack of empathy. Actually, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's this girl that used to live with us. She's like a cousin, a far cousin. Mm. And she would fake it. Like, she, the homegirl would just be standing. And all of a sudden, we just see someone falling. And she would fall down straight. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> she wouldn't bend or anything. She'd go from standing to on the floor. And we'd die of laughter. We'd oh, actually why? cry. It was so funny. Why fake it, though? <laughs> for attention. She was doing it for attention. That. Because she's... Wallahi, yeah. like, I'm telling you, like, she did it for attention, but I could, even at, at that young age, I'm like, okay, there's, she's obviously missing something in her life if she's doing this for attention, you know, if she's dropping like this. And she was pregnant at that time, mm -hmm. so I'm like, something is up with her. She's probably, like, a switch turned off, like, yeah. even I understand that. I think we in all that never case, used to make fun of her. Yeah. We all knew, but we never made fun of her like that. Yeah. In that case, is probably, like, you, you know, mental you know what i mean like it's probably a mental illness okay so on that note what do you guys think about people who or do you guys think that some people might be using gin possession and all this gin stuff as a crutch to escape the conversation about mental illness or to use um, gin possession as an excuse where mental illness might apply like there's no clear line between like mental illness and i think they need to properly like study what is mental illness and what is someone who's possessed by a jinn and then properly understand and be able to categorize people oh this person is possessed they use it they use that that term very loosely so i think they just need to clearly understand what does it mean to be like possessed and what does it mean to be ment mentally ill yeah also like we they're not, it's like people in somalia and places like especially um we don't have a specific diagnosis like mm -hmm. they don't know that how to diagnose a person that's that's mentally ill for mm -hmm. them it's like oh like he's crazy or like he's possessed there's there's nothing else it's mm -hmm. black and white and like yeah. you know certain things are pretty obvious like I heard a story about this lady that legit memorized the whole Quran without ever learning it. Like her jinns legit memorized the whole Quran, and when they left her, she knew everything. And how could you, like you know, logically speaking, can a person memorize the Quran in a day? You know, example like that would that be a mental illness? You that know? seems more like jinn in that case. Yeah. The thing is, is what's so what's so disappointing is that you see cases that are obviously because you know I'm talking about being Somali here. You see cases that are obviously PTSD from the war, or people that are bipolar, or obviously schizophrenic, and these people are going through hell being tied down or whatever, and abused, and they're taken to sheikhs that just supposed sheikhs, because these are not real sheikhs, they're going around just beating people, and they're not even going, they're not even trying to find out if this is mental illness, right? They're just, they're either just sending, and, it, and when they do come to Canada, or if they're in Canada, or in a Western country, and they have the opportunity here to pursue 
um, going to a doctor or going to a psychiatrist or psychologist or whatnot, they, they, that's totally like, no, that's not even an option. We're going to take them to a sheikh, this person is mentally ill. This person, yeah. sorry, has, is possessed. Yeah. We're just going to, you know, read Quran on them. What's wrong with doing both? What's wrong with going, checking if you have a mental illness? Because it's like a, a taboo topic in, in Somalia. Or, yeah, being mentally I get it, ill. But it's not even not it's not even the taboo thing. It's just that they automatically latch onto possession. Because mm-hmm. that's for some reason better or easier to deal with. I don't It's I more understood which is crazy. for them. They don't understand mental illness. So they kinda go to what they know. Yeah. They're like, Oh, the deen, you know, jinns, people are possessed. We yeah. know what to do. We're gonna go to the Quran, we're gonna resort to a Sheikh. But with mental illness they don't fully understand what it is and they don't fully understand the treatment. Also, not mental illnesses alone. It's also seizures and epilepsy. Anything to do with like nerves, your nerve system. People automatically assume you're possessed as well. Like if you black out for ten minutes, that's it. You're you're possessed. And yeah, I just feel like in general, you're possessed if you black out. But that could be a serious heart problem. Like you well, need to go to a doctor. You might have an arrhythmia. The, the craziest thing is that our dean tells us, you know, do a, but also seek medicine. Like mm-hmm. you're told to go seek medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like in any case you're supposed to seek medicine and always do right? that they go in combination for anything so why would you automatically just stick to one and i said help yourself so i could help you like what are you doing mm-hmm. at the end of the day at the end of the day we just need to learn how to protect ourselves both spiritually mentally health wise we just need to take care of ourselves in general and we shouldn't completely renounce um, Islamic healing and faith-based healing because that also plays into part, you know? It plays so a big part. It plays it, a big part, yeah, yeah. It plays a big major part. So we just need to take care of ourselves. Don't yeah. forget also to read Surah Al-Baqarah. Carry that pocket-sized fortress of the Muslim with you, Hasna Muslim. Read the du'as that in the morning and the evening. the best. I second that, I third that. <laughs> go to your doctor's appointments. <laughs> go to your doctor appointments. Yeah. See your family Get doctor. in that therapy see time. your family doctor. Yeah, I get in yeah. therapy. Yeah. Don't discount other people's uh, problems as well. Like, you never know what someone's going through. You the, you might s- assume that they're being dramatic or there's no such thing. But Allahu A'lam, let them seek medicine and believe in Ilahi to help them. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Abuan Chronicles. Hope you all enjoyed it. Join the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at Abwan Podcast. And if you want, you could also email us at abwanchronicles at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. The shout out of this episode goes to Somali Creatives that was created by Ikran. We actually have her to tell us about Somali Creatives. So just introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Ikran Abdul. I live in the UK. I'm an artist. And I graduated last year. I did a fine art degree and I specialized in collage, video, drawing. Um, (laughs) So I kind of do a lot of everything. I like to mix them together. Um, I'm really interested in images and moving image specifically. So yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was doing. Mashallah, you're an artist. So besides having a pretty strong background in art, what really led you to create Somali Creatives? I wanted to start Somali Creatives um, purely because I felt like, you know, as a, as a creative myself, a Somali woman myself, I didn't feel like I was seeing a lot of social media, online kind of platforms. I wasn't really seeing their work in certain 
you know, certain places it wasn't available to find. So, I mean, I really wanted to focus on highlighting Somali creatives as best as I could. I mean, the aim for me with this platform is to, you know, positively encourage the Somali community to have a look and continue supporting Somali creatives so they can, you know, know that there is support out there and there's also somewhere for them to showcase their work, you know? That was the idea for me and I really just want to push it. I honestly think what you're doing is absolutely great. Plus, I totally love how you present the different artists and their artwork on your instagram it's so beautifully done mashallah i love it so just let the listeners know what your social media handles are so they can check it out or submit their work yeah you can definitely find us on twitter under if you just search smiley creatives and on instagram if you just search smiley creative uh, all one word and in terms of finding me you can find me on instagram and twitter my at on instagram is my keely and you can also find me on twitter if you search i guess sunflower or if you search my keely i echo but yeah i mean guys you should all definitely check out somali creative everyone go follow her right now i'll have her social media handles in the description as well thank you guys for the support um <laughs> make sure you guys tune into the podcast and check it out